This hometown daily news show is brought to you by the 14th of November, 2022, 2022, sorry, 2022nd. Uh, yeah, I've been rushing around. I have been in a 10 hour conference and I wanted to make it on time. So here I am. Let's get going. Hello, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. That's what powers this show, the hometown daily news show. Uh, I'm a little frazzled. I, uh, I was in a conference for 10 hours today. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little broken right now. At any rate, let's get into today's news. This is the November 14th. 2022 episode of the hometown daily news show. I've said this like three times. Um, yeah, let's go. Very first article is in the order of the grape channel. That's right. It's all about wine and various sundries wine and sundries. Are you an average tipper? This new survey reveals how you compare. Everyone has their own stance on how much to add to the bill when eating or drinking out. By the way, this is like a U.S. thing. This isn't everywhere. And it has a really nefarious origin in history. Not many people apparently know about it. And I don't know if it's really generally understood that the reason why tipping existed is because of the desire of employers to not pay full boat for black weight staff. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's what I've been told. That's what I have read. That is apparently the history of it. There's more to it, I suppose. But it's good enough for me. I think what really needs to take place is employers need to pay the wage. Calculate out a year worth of tips and make sure your prices match so that Everything is taxed properly. Everybody is getting their due. There are no shenanigans that might imperil the employer, the employee, or the employees by knock-on effects of somebody abusing the tipping system. I can't count how many times I've heard of some employer saying all of the tips are part of my revenue generation and therefore they all get doled out to everybody equally and by the way also me too or some other shenanigan that takes place well anyway this article says a recent survey aimed to capture americans perspectives on service industry tipping in 2022 so are you an average tipper this is an article over at vinepair.com by nicolette baker and it says here, when asked if they're a good tipper, 86% of the respondents said yes. This includes 90% of women surveyed and 83% of men surveyed. Baby boomers were the most optimistic group in this area, as 95% of the generational group surveyed said they'd always tip, with Gen X, Millennials, both 84%, and Gen Z, 74%, trailing behind. Interesting. Would you have thought that? So the survey revealed a few other interesting tidbits, according to the article. 
23% of respondents say they tip more during the holiday season than other times of the year. I do too. Bad service, 53% of respondents said that they have previously not tipped because of less than ideal service. I've never not tipped. And 68% said, 68% said that they base the tip amount on the quality of service. That's not really what I do. Um, one in three Gen Zers and millennials tip the same regardless of the service quality and restaurants with an iPad tipping option cause pressure to tip according to 54% of respondents. Hmm, interesting why they would do that. So <clears throat> you can go over to PlayUSA's website. It's actually playusa.com slash state dash of dash tipping dash 2022. It's easier just to go over to vinepair.com through the hometown link that you can find when you type in exclamation point showbot. And from there, you can go through the links for all of the links that are discussed here in today's episode. They do do They do do. They do go away. Um, but they, the actual links are in the show notes. So you can always follow the links from the show notes. Um, and that'll take you over to the various articles that we discuss here in the hometown daily news show and in hometown. Um, oh, we're doing a huge makeover. The decision has been made. Um, ultimately the redesign couldn't be done without a complete redo of the site. So we're doing a redo of the site. It, I do do anyway. Wherever you fall on the spectrum of good and bad tippers, these insights are definitely food for thought. That's what they say over at vinepair.com. I agree. Um, typically, and this is what I've had a discussion with other people. Oddly enough, I do have conversations about even tipping. And that is that um, it's it's typically for me, 10% uh, times two. So you find out what your total amount is, total amount, uh, you know, pre-tax or post-tax, it's up to you, I suppose, but then double it. 10% times two. Let's move on to the next article. Oh, and if somebody's a complete jerk about their service, then it's a bigger issue. <laughs> um, there's usually some context there, so figure it out. Solve the problem. Maybe they're getting paid too little because the business isn't tipping isn't it isn't tipping that is the problem it is that they're not getting paid enough and people should who are doing food service or should get a salary that is commensurate with their experience and capabilities not just tipping if even tipping should be continued i don't know i'm sure some people will say no way i want tipping to exist but maybe there's shenanigans going on there about taxes but anyway, let's move on to the next thing. This next article is over in the mobile channel. FTX is investigating whether assets were stolen one day after the firm filed for bankruptcy. The general counsel for cryptocurrency trading co uh, company FTX. If you haven't heard about them, they are a trading platform, but they went bankrupt because of executive shenanigans. And none of those funds that are being traded are FD uh, FDIC insured. And so they are going bye-bye. Um, good luck clawing that back from a billionaire who maybe is in the Bahamas. Not sure. Um, at any rate, 
They announced on Saturday that the exchange is investigating unauthorized transactions. Why is it always in the millions of dollars that cryptocurrency shenanigans take place? And, and then suddenly the, the CEO and many others are sitting there wondering what's going on. Why? How is this happening? My gosh. Well, it's because it's unregulated. It's because it's not very well protected. And there's only a certain number of eyes on it. And so in that vacuum of knowledge, poof, you got people that are exploiting it left and right. You never hear about the $3,000 cryptocurrency disappearance. No, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. That is why you're going to end up in regulation, folks, because of the shenanigans on one side and the security breaches on the other side. And then there's a whole metric ton of people that are running around screaming, why is this happening? Well, it's because there's no regulation. And then all of these people are going to gripe about regulation. Hate to break it to you, but you can't have it both ways. But the people who came in at 10 cents for a crypto, for a Bitcoin, for instance, they are really upset because they've only made $15,000 on their initial investment of 10 cents. By the way, I think Bitcoin is sitting at $16,561. Just so you know, year to date, it's down 31, over $31,000. Year to date, $31,000. still up 8,000 for its entire lifetime. Hey, that's awesome. Anyway. Um, so yeah, FTX imploded and, um, this article over at the Hill is by, pardon me one second. I need to pull something up. This article is by Chloe Fulmer over at the Hill and I need to pull up something else now. Anyway, I'll ignore it. Um, yeah, so what's going on with FTX and shenanigans going on behind the scenes? It says the process was ex expedited this evening to mitigate damage upon observing unauthorized transactions. How in the world? FTX filed bankruptcy on Friday after losing $10 million in users' deposits through affiliated trading firm Alameda Research. Sam Bankman Fried stepped down as CEO the same day. And on Friday night, Miller reported that the company was investigating abnormalities with wallet movements related to consolidation of FTX balances across exchanges. So just to muddy the waters of what actually went on behind the scenes, there were unauthorized transactions, but really there's a whole lot more to it. And I'm, let me find, I'm going to find uh, what amounts to a great analysis of what truly went on with FTX and why Binance bowed out. Um, I don't have it ready. I have already done some looking into it, but as I was looking into it, I found other people that are, have a even more, a, a much more involved understanding of what went on with FTX. But let's just say that FTX was trading on its own uh, alternative coin that was trading, it was leveraging its own leveraged currency. And so for all intents, it was, um, well, <laughs> 
over leveraged would be it's more like a ponzi scheme really um so we'll see what the actual legal shakeout of this is um, but there were some really interesting shenanigans going on and when people are trading but they don't understand what the ramifications are of the trading it's either pure risk or hubris or in many cases both they didn't care that they lost a, a, a large sum of actual currency simply because it was virtual it wasn't real money until it was translated into us currency which is why i keep telling people a bitcoin is not worth fifteen thousand or sixty thousand dollars until it's converted into us currency and the reason why people are so hip to cryptocurrencies particular ethereum and um, bitcoin is because it happens to be the most well adopted cryptocurrency and so they're irrationally exuberant that it, they're going to be able to liquidate all of the all of, all of these cryptocurrency tokens um and, and and get out of dodge but they're not necessarily going to be able to uh, but i know of several companies that are funded off of this so will those companies collapse when bitcoin continues its downward spiral who knows uh, regulation is coming for cryptocurrency folks you better be ready um, but if you've got thousands of bitcoins out there yeah maybe you're gonna maybe you're immune to it maybe you've been leveraging it into real cash by low cost loans against the bitcoins that you have in your possession and thus when there is a margin call you're gonna get brought to the floor so let's see what happens keep in touch anybody who's using bitcoin as leverage um <clears throat> to support your business i'd advise against it ftx is finding out that whole mess around find out part of the equation the next article though is over in the continuity report keanu reeves to co-star in john wick spinoff ballerina and more movie news uh, this is over at rotten tomatoes uh, gears of war heads to netflix animated spongebob and avatar head to theater snoop dogg gets a biopic and new roles for Daniel Kaluuya and Hathaway Salma Hayek, Nicolas Cage. But the headline is Keanu Reeves to co-star in John Wick spin-off Ballerina. I can't wait for this um, to, to uh, kick off. This is going to be a fun watch, I hope. Um, this um, Ballerina is basically going to be the... Um, Ana de Armas's uh, take on John Wick. So the original 2014 Keanu Reeves starring revenge action thriller John Wick was not the box office blockbuster, but Lionsgate pushed ahead with the sequel called John Wick Chapter 2. And I think that kind of crushed it. 179 million worldwide compared to the initial 86 million worldwide. And the film's total and... Uh, the action franchise was born almost four movies john wick chapter four comes out on march 4th 2023 and now they're gonna do a spin-off called ballerina dun 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 so yeah i think that um she has what it takes to really crush i'd say i'd say kill it maybe ha 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 anyway so i think it'll be pretty cool to watch this 
Um, and, and Keanu Reeves being in it is gonna kind of push people over to watch Ballerina on top of the fact that it's Anna de Armas. Um, Greg Dean Schmitz over at Rotten Tomatoes is the writer of this article. There's a bunch more over here. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, another article, or a, there's an article about another movie. Free Guy and Deadpool director Sean Levy lands a Star Wars movie. We'll see what that one is going to end up looking like. Uh, Gears of War and uh, Long Legs is an indie horror with Nicolas Cage. And of course, SpongeBob is going to be part of Avatar The Way of the Sponge. I don't think that's the real title, but I decided to merge those together. Avatar The Last Airbender and SpongeBob animated movies coming in 2025. I talked about that in the last episode. Let's keep going through all the news. I'm going to go through the news pretty fast. I'll try not to soapbox too much today. Uh, the word in tech. Um, yeah, Twitter boss Elon Musk, not above the law, warns U.S. regulator, who's probably going to get fired because he said Elon Musk, not above the law. Anyway, the warning from a U.S. regulator came as Mr. Musk reportedly warned bankruptcy is not out of the question for Twitter. <laughs> Whoa, I have an ad. So this is over at the BBC.com site. I don't, um, let's see, Tom Espiner is the uh, business reporter for BBC News. And it says the um, FTC said new chief executive Elon Musk was not above the law. Separately, Mr. L- Musk uh, reportedly told employees that bankruptcy is not out of the question. That's right. He actually, the context was Uh, work harder because bankruptcy is not off the table. Similar. I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, The company has been in disarray since Mr. Musk started firing thousands of employees last week and then rehiring some of them. And I found out today, which should be one of the articles I'm pointing in that direction because that's the row of headlines that I have that he did something really interesting. And I, Day after day, I keep thinking that he has designed this to torpedo Twitter. Um, you know, because what's $44 billion amongst friends and actual social discourse in a arguably transparent, meaningful way. It may have been a dumpster fire, but it was a dumpster fire that people could manage. Now it's a complete unknown chaos largely untrustworthy menagerie of comments that are supposed to. And I got into a conversation today um, with somebody that focuses on this. Um, (laughs) There's zero transparency now, and you're not going to get social order by trying to dictate what that social order is in a social network. It's just not how it works. When you have the entire world connecting to Twitter, you're not going to get what you want as quote unquote social order. Um, that quote is my quote, not, not anybody else's. So it says here, we are tracking recent developments at Twitter with deep concern. Douglas Farrar, the FTC's director of public affairs said, no chief executive or company is above the law and companies must follow our consent decrees. By the way, it doesn't really matter. He's just going to pay a fine 
out of all of this, no matter what. He's not going to be going to jail. He's not doing anything legally wrong, but I do these air quotes. Um, but even if he was, it's the business that's doing it because we disembody, we, we disentangle human processes from the business enterprise. I find it fascinating that Theranos CEO and I think it was a CFO were found to basically conspire to commit fraud, but that's because in the grand scheme of things, they were the poors who pissed off a lot of riches and uh, they're paying the price with their freedom. Whereas this guy, Mr. Musk is going to, he went from the rich to the ultra rich to basically telling the FTC that they can take a hike. I mean, if any of this was mattered to him, he would have done his SEC filings properly, even in acquiring it, you know, and, and making public comments about stock and company performance while he had, was a stakeholder and interested party still impacted the stock. How much shenanigans needs to be done? It's almost like he's running for president. So I say, I'd say that he thinks Trump, not Trump. I uh, see how I mixed him up. Wow. Um, I think that, uh, Musk thinks that he is above the law and nobody can really touch him. And I think for the large part, that's true. Nobody's going to go after him, particularly the U S government, not in any substantial way. Twitter was approached for comment technology website, the verge, which published a full transcript of Mr. Musk's address to employees reported that Twitter no longer had a communications department. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a lot of stuff because they fired most of the people. Why? So that they, the runway was still available for them to repay the, the debt that is being borne by Musk. And it's the company that's paying the debt, not Musk. That's just how it works. I'm sure Musk is getting his draw still. Maybe not. But we wouldn't know because there is no, there are no filings. Okay. Well, let's go on. The next article is in the daily news show. That's this show. I know it's kind of, I don't know. Democrats beat election denying secretary of state candidates in Arizona and Nevada. There's an emerging blue wave in secretary of states across, uh, the races here. Um, said one observer, they said a little more succinctly than that. <laughs> uh, said one observer after Adrian Fontes and, and Cisco Aguilar defeated Republican election deniers, Mark Fincham and Jim Marchant. Yeah, this is over in common dreams. And, um, let's see on Friday night, two additional democratic candidates for secretary of state defeated Republicans who endorsed former president Donald Trump's big lie that the 2020 uh, presidential election was stolen. Um, by the way, uh, again, I had, uh, I was part of a, a committee, not committee a conference today, 10 hours long, like I said earlier, uh, wherein we discussed this and, uh, true. It's, it's complete BS that it was stolen. Um, I, I know how the software is, um, made and vetted and endorsed by the government and put on machines and verified throughout the process. 
um, etc., etc. And while I think the public should be able to audit the software, um, and for the most part, nothing really will change my mind in that other than the fact that again, I know that when more eyes are on it, more flaws are found, not all of the flaws. And if a zero day is found by somebody that's very brilliant in auditing the code and they don't tell someone, then there's a zero day flaw. Um, that is part and parcel to the deployed code. So you need a plurality of people so that it isn't just those subject matter experts looking at it that are supposed to catch everything. So I think more people in the United States, the software needs to be open source software for people to parse it. Um, everybody should be able to audit it, find holes and have some skin in the game. But unfortunately we can't have nice things because there's going to be some scumbaggery out there. And my stream just went red light. So hopefully I'm back at any rate. Um, in Arizona, Democratic Adrian Fontes beat his Republican opponent, Mark Fincham, a state lawmaker with ties to Oath Keepers, who was at the U.S. Capitol during the deadly January 6th insurrection and who said he would not have certified Biden's victory in the state. Yeah, because they want to be in power. Quote, they. It's If everything would have gone their way, the the other contingent would have said okay here's the peaceful transfer of power but that's not what happened you know and a lot of the plurality of people are like the the person that was running the country is just horrible you know think about it would you want your significant eh, i'll just leave it alone let's move on the next article is in the word in tech. Younger investors are more willing to put money behind environmental and social goals, even if it's costlier. The world's largest asset management companies have come out swinging on environmental, social and governance, ECG investing with heavy hitters like BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street declaring their intention to use their proxy voting power to press for everything from boardroom diversity to net zero carbon emissions. Um, this is an article over at fizz.org, which is a scientific uh, journal news organization. And um, Alexander Gelfield from Stanford University wrote this article and has a graph on here that uh, millennials slash Gen Zers are more into the environment and social and governance than Gen X and baby boomers. And baby boomers are basically get off my lawn or in the world of tech, get off my land. And it really amounts to the fact that I think that there's a lot of lead paint and lead in the gas when they were being brought up. So, and there was a different ideology. You, you really were brought up by the previous generation as a baby boomer you were boomer you were brought up with a lack of care and emotion you were literally brought up more cold than where we are now and i don't hesitate for a moment to think that people will defend the nation should it truly rise to that uh requirement just like 
Baby boomers in previous generations were called to action when they needed to be activated to defend the country, but we don't need to in that way. Why? Because these more terroristic hits on the United States and other countries have to deal with this the same way is ideologically bent and a small group can do great damage versus what has been historical in fascist governments trying to take over an entire country or entire region you know the the previous generations fought to stop that and stop it stop it it did until recently where more and more fascist governments are forming totalitarian regimes forming but the tactical hits that were made by small groups of terroristic people um, would not have been stopped by people with a bunch of guns because it would have happened so fast <laughs> nobody would have known the doors would have been locked nobody's carrying guns onto a plane why because at 30,000 feet you blow out a window and half the plane is going to get sucked out of a hole that's just not how you do it right you trust that everybody's a good actor whatever somebody's going to say yeah if there were more guns on the plane everything would have been fine but how, what does this have to do with the younger investors being more interested in environmental, social, and governance? It's the simple fact that they're more caring. They're more compassionate. They're more uh, equity and equality bound. And you know what that causes? The knock-on effect is people don't feel like they have to go and blow up a tea shop because there's more equity and inclusion and, and people have skin in the game of the society that they're a part of and they're not marginalized. There's no need to feel like you have to carry a gun around or anything for that matter, you know? Because when I've had these conversations, and believe me, I have no problem with guns. <laughs> I, I do have a problem with people carrying them around as a form of defense simply because they want to get coffee and they're packing with a shotgun and two additional sidearms and boot knives and whatever else. I mean, I saw people walking, Never mind. My point is that you can have your gun and your tea. At the same time, you just don't need to carry it into a shop because it's not like somebody's going to take over the country from the tea shop. Right? Anyway, with more people being compassionate and understanding, seeing that there is an equity and equality imbalance in the world, and there is, you make no bones about it, folks. And it's bound from history, the historical context that a lot of states want to ignore. There's a lot more sociologically at play here. Equal opportunity is not equal. At any rate, that's the reason why millennial Gen Zers are more interested in environmental, social, and governance. And that's because they want it to be the change they want to see in the world. And I don't think the world will be worse off for it. 
And it says here the survey which polled 2,470 investors with savings ranging from less than $10,000 to more than $500,000, which that's probably small change in the grand scheme of things, revealed a sharp difference along generational lines with younger shareholders saying that they're far more eager to have fund managers pursue ESG objectives and also far more willing to risk higher losses in the process. I don't know. What do you think about that? Let me know. You can type in exclamation point S and then whatever you want. And it'll show up in my Nightbot, which is called Showbot, actually. So Nightbot tells Showbot and Showbot posts it over at hometown.showbot.tv. And you can tell me what you think. How neat is that? And I will just summarize. I mean, if it's vitriolic, hateful, whatever, I'll just delete it. Um, and I'll ban you. But other than that, unless you want to have a conversation about it. If you want to have a conversation about it, I'm willing to have a conversation live. It'll be on the air. It'll be posted over to YouTube and the podcast so that everybody knows how you're thinking so that we can resolve this in a meaningful way. Let's move on to the next article. Why'd that scroll down? Okay, the next article is over on the Warcrafters channel. Elon Musk reportedly laid off everyone who ran Twitter's million follower gaming account, and now it's gone silent. Apparently there was a, ga a Twitter gaming channel, which I didn't pay any attention to because yeah, Twitter. And um, when I started getting into Twitter, there were rumors about Elon Musk taking it, and I just bowed out entirely. I still have the Twitter accounts for a lot of the shows, but I don't really hang out there. The official Twitter account debuted at the beginning of 2016 as part of the effort to support the avid gaming community and help the top gaming organizations and personalities deliver high quality content to and engage with their fans on Twitter. But now amidst the chaos and hilarity of the two weeks of Elon Musk's one man rule, it appears to be gone for good. So unless Elon Musk has been hiring subject matter experts that can run Twitter just like PayPal, his interaction with PayPal, just like his interaction with SpaceX, just like his interaction with Tesla, just like his interaction with the Boring Company, just like his interaction with everything else. Unless there are people there that are much more capable than he is, much more intelligent than he is, and just much better at everything than he is. Twitter is doomed, straight up doomed. And I said that it's probably gonna reissue its stock within five years, um, if it survives. There's the caveat now for me, if it survives five years, otherwise there's gonna be a fire sale and somebody else is gonna buy Twitter from Elon Musk because he's going to call it quits if he knows how to call it quits. I mean, he learned how to say, oh, yes, I can merge with another company. But where is he going to merge a $44 billion loss? Because it's not worth $44 billion anymore, if it ever was. It really should have been priced much lower. But there we have it. The Twitter gaming account hasn't tweeted since November 3rd, one day before Musk cut the company's workforce in half. 
The layoffs affected a wide range of teams at the company, according to a Reuters report, including communications, content curation, human rights, and ethics. <laughs> ethics. I, I had a, a show about ethics being the smallest chapter in business management. It's pretty much the smallest chapter everywhere. You find a handbook and ethics is the smallest part of it. Uh, some product and engineering teams were also impacted by the cuts. Formerly the senior social lead for Twitter Gaming confirmed that he'd been let go last week as part of the layoffs. Shiraz Siddiqui, I think is their last name. Um, cool, get to do one of these finally earlier than I thought is a, a Twitter pick, I guess. That's kind of neat that he's posting on Twitter. Uh, but it wasn't just Siddiqui who was cut loose. Uh, the new Washington Post report says that the entire marketing side of Twitter gaming was let go at the same time. That squares with the current state of the 1 million follower account, which last tweeted November 3rd. So it's kind of becoming a redundant article, but it's over at PC Gamer by Andy Chalk. The account hasn't tweeted since the day before Twitter owner Elon Musk imposed massive layoffs across the co company. Uh, that, that smacks of being... Uh, informed prior to the official notice uh, or public notice that you're fired. That means that that person was pretty much well connected um, with the administrative decision-making process um, and have zero issues with that. And um, we'll see. It, it, it might come back simply because somebody drew attention to it. Hey, where did this million person account disappear to gaming in general represents a significant portion of Twitter's overall activity. The Washington post says that there were 1.5 billion tweets about gaming in the first half of 2022 compared to 10.4 billion tweets about news. 10% of the entire population of the news segment, I suppose. Um, those two are not correlated together. Just to be sure you can have, 1.5 billion tweets but it not involve news at all gaming news at all at any rate this is kind of this is the difference between <laughs> uh, data and information and this is more data than information the takeaway is that there's a lot of tweets um, but i think we know who the pecker is um, the next article is in four wheel tech. When a Porsche is not a Porsche. Well, it's the Audi RS e-tron GT 2022 edition. It's a $150,000 car. Just to let you know, call it platform sharing, call it badge engineering, call it what you like. Car companies have collaborated with each other to make cars uh, for much of the automobile history. Sometimes these linkups happen between companies that might nor, uh, normally be considered rivals, Honda and Rover in the 1980s, BMW, Toyota, that gave us the Supra, uh, or perhaps the forthcoming electric vehicle platform sharing between Ford and Volkswagen or General Motors and Honda, who knows. Anyway, the RS e-tron GT is a little draggier than the Taycan. By the way, uh, the Taycan is uh, quite impressive, but if I'm not mistaken, hold on a second. Uh, 
let me check something real quick I, I know that this isn't really good um you know podcasting but oh yeah i guess it is yeah it's really close so uh, the porsche taycan is, and the uh audi rs e-tron gt are pretty much identical uh at first blush i i was like huh i thought that the taycan was uh, not a four-door but it is anyway um they're they're similar similarly um appointed except that the porsche is only well it depends on which model you get but somewhere between ninety thousand for the cheap porsche and 160,000 yeah for the turbo um, but electric so it's one and the same folks go check out the audi rs let's go over to the site though so that we can at least give credit where credit is due jonathan m gitlin is the author of this article for rs technica and um i love audi by the way I, I don't know what it is about their lines, but I really dig them. Uh, like the TT coupe is really amazing to me. Um, but because I like having passengers in my car and I don't want to wedge them in with a shoehorn, um, the TT is not for Mimi, but I like this car and, um, but I don't have $140,000 to throw out a car. Uh, even if I could justify it, I wouldn't justify it. Uh, but it is a good looking car uh, to me definitely follows the audi lines uh, not so much the porsche line and um, it's even its rear end looks good right that's the saying uh i i hate to see you leave but i love to watch you drive away Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to win me over any friends there, is it? Okay, let's move on to the next article. Jeff Bezos says that he'll give most of his fortune away to charity. You know who should give most of your fortune away? The employees that made it happen. The Amazon founder estimated to be worth $124 billion suggested in an interview on CNN that he would donate most of the money to charity during his lifetime. You know why you have $124 billion? because you're not paying your employees enough. Let's just move over to, oh no, um, I did not fix my account apparently. So I won't be able to talk much about this, but anyway, in an interview with CNN, he said that he was gonna give most of his money away. Um, yes, like most people who reach this point, they try to buy back their soul, um, which is admirable. Uh, Mr. Bezos, um, go for it, do it. The world would appreciate it. Um, pay your taxes, right? The company should, the, the, the company should pay its taxes and its margins should be smaller so that you're not worth 124 billion and your employees are getting a livable wage and not having to pee into bottles. There's so much wrong with this, but at the same time, so much that i can sit there and say wow that's great what a humanitarian oh you became a billionaire by making people pee in bottles and warehouses that get blown off by a tornado great 
I'm seeing this 2020 perspective, right? I'm not, I'm not delusional about the way this is playing out. Hey, whatever. The last article for today is going to be in the Marvel channel. I talked about this a couple of days ago. Scientists begin trials for transfusions of lab grown blood cells. Um, I had spoken about it previously, but I hadn't confirmed that they were going to do um, the trials. But guess what? Blood transfusions are an important way to replace lost blood. Yes, indeed. Uh, NHS in the UK announced on Monday that it had started a clinical trial where uh, researchers will be administering laboratory grown red blood cells to patients. Notably, this is the first time ever that red blood cells grown in a lab will be given to another person as part of a blood transfusion trial. The last thing that I heard was that it was being used in lab animals. Um, Hannah, wow, this person's last name is Dr. Hannah Dr. Loeb. Um, the ability to grow blood cells of any needed type in a lab could be a game changer. Yes, indeed. And so notably, this is the first time that uh, red blood cells will be given to another person as part of a blood transfusion, and it's called the Restore Trial. Um, the joint research initiative between NHS Blood and Transplant and the University of Bristol, as well as various researchers at the Carnegie, of, uh, sorry, Carnegie at the University of uh, Cambridge, and it says here in a YouTube video from NHS University of Bristol researcher Ash Toy um, explains that Restore is a clinical trial set up to assess whether lab-grown blood cells are similar or possibly even better than a donor's own blood cells produced inside the body. I hope that this works out great um, because this will allow um, cells that are made from human blood stem cells, uh, referred to here as CD34 plus cells, isolated from adult blood donors. And the donors were recruited from NHSBT's blood donor base. Um, so arguably these are the more perfect cells for research um, and the stem cells can be turned into any other blood type. Um, and because of that, then they are, uh, uh, let's just say they're not going to be refused. Hopefully, hopefully they, they won't be refused. Um, there have been research efforts where somebody does end up refusing the transplant or whatever it might be this happens at the molecular level so um the group has already transfused many doses with two recipients with blood uh, lab grown red blood cells but the rest of the trial will continue over the next few months um this would be amazing and i hope that it will lead to um, cancer treatments um wherein uh, the blood of somebody that has cancer contains free floating um, cancer cells that can rebind. And if you can filter them out and replace them with uh, manufactured red blood cells, perfect. Um, we'll see. So they talk about blood disorders and stuff like that in this article, but for the most part, anytime that you need a transfusion, if you can um, get something as a, a more pure 
uh, lab developed, I guess, solution, then you're not going to have the variability of something um, drawn from another human being. Because uh, for the most part, a lot of the stuff is tested out, but there's still elements that might be caught later and you can remove it from the equation by lab grown blood cells. Pretty neat if you ask me and nobody really asked me, but I'm talking to you about it anyway. Hey, guess what? That's the end of the show today. I am Mayor Watt. This has been the hometown daily news show for November 14th, 2022. I will see you tomorrow, 6 PM. I know it's going to be a short show, but um, I need to go. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.